Kobe Bryant. And welcome back to the Counted Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ahan, at Ahan Rangta on Twitter and Ahan, host of Counted Podcast on Twitch, where we are live right now with our audience. Um, and I, when I say audience, I don't know what the correct phrase for that is, studio audience, chat audience, whatever you want to call it. But if you want to be part of this group, you can follow me on Twitch. And we have people coming in right now. Vladdy21, shout out, always loyal to the streams. Hello there. Um, today we're going to be talking NBA, as you can see in the title, if you are listening to the postmortem, I think that's the correct phrase. But the NBA season is starting tonight. If you're listening afterwards, uh, I'm probably uploading this uh, the day after uh, the Warriors and Nets open up. Uh, so the NBA has started already, if you're not on uh, on Twitch with us right now. Thank you, Bunk, for the shout out for Letty. Um So we'll be talking about the offseason, which is a little shorter than usual. Um, we'll be talking about um, which acquisitions are the most impactful in our opinion. Um, and we'll be taking questions from you in the chat. So if you want to interact with us in the chat, um, we'll talk about anything you want us to. And of course, you know, on the podcast, we like our predictions um, and we'll make predictions for uh, regular season seeds for both conferences. And we'll make our finals picks at the end and tell you where the value sports bets or the, the, the value bets are on sports betting websites. Um, if it's legal and, uh, <laughs> let's get going. Um, so first off, Ravi is our repeat guest. Everybody say hello to him virtually. Um, Ravi was with us for our first NBA or our NBA playoff preview. Um, and the people wanted Ravi back. So here he is. Um, Ravi, tell us what your biggest takeaways were from, uh, the bubble. Um, you saw, your boy LeBron James get another ring. Um, what surprised you the most? Give us the rundown. Yeah, I mean, so you can't start a conversation about the bubble without first mentioning the eventual championship winners. So um, I think one thing to note is that the Lakers looked a bit shaky during the beginning of both their first two series. They dropped the first game to the Rockets and they dropped the first game to the Blazers the series before that. Um, but then they quickly showed that they could pretty easily take care of business when you have the two best players on the court. And so it'll be interesting to see how that's going to play out this year. Um, but they really showed their dominance and the, you know, the Heat were the only team, I think, that were able to push them beyond five games. And, you know, I'll let Ahan talk about the Heat a little bit, but um, I think the biggest takeaway from the bubble is there is a really clear number one team in the NBA right now, and everybody else is trying to catch up to that team and be competitive with the Lakers because that's the only way that you're going to be able to win the finals. You have to be able to get through L.A. or hope if you, I guess if you're in the East, then hope another team takes out LA. But unless you want to, if you want to win the championship, you definitely got to be able to get through this Lakers juggernaut team. And uh, since you mentioned the Lakers uh, and the team that they faced, it was the only team to give them any sort of trouble. Um, it was the Heat and they are my team. So I'll take a minute just to talk about them. Um, I think uh, with, at our playoff preview podcast, I took the chicken route and I chose the Bucks to win the series. Um, but I did mention that if there was a team that could take down the Bucks, 
in the East, it was going to be the Heat. They match up really well with Giannis. They're the only team that have, cons- had, that have consistently, historically shut down Giannis through his MVP years. They did so multiple times in the regular season. Did so again. They steamrolled them um, and caused the Bucks to go into what I thought initially was panic mode um, in getting Giannis help. And it even convinced me that eventually Giannis was going to leave, but here he is. He signed his major extension, um, and he's he'll be staying with the Bucks for at least a little bit. And they added Drew Holiday. Uh, they gave up a lot for Drew Holiday, but it did address um, a big need that they had at guard. They definitely got an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, so it's worth mentioning um, what the Heat sort of quote unquote made the Bucks do. Um, obviously, the Heat also proved a lot. Um, from their young players, and I'll be bringing this up again later, but uh, a lot of people mentioning that the Heat um, being in the finals a little bit of a fluke because of the bubble format, um, they just went on a hot streak, stuff like that. I completely understand where some of those people are coming from, um, but at the same time, um, I want to point out that the development that the young players showed from the time that the season got suspended to the bubble, I think that in itself is a statement um, that shows that they can definitely take another step forward um, with that core from the bubble to the next season. Um, so if you thought that maybe the break sort of benefited the heat, you could also look at it that way that they use their time to develop. Um, and hopefully you see more of that uh, this year. Um, I also want to mention a couple guys before I let Ravi wrap up our bubble discussion. Um, I want to mention uh, both sides of that jazz nugget series, which I think, uh, is going to come up a lot in the NBA season this year. The Jazz, super interesting team. Donovan Mitchell uh, had some playoff stinkers the year before, but he comes out and performs like a superstar uh, in the playoffs. Um, on the other hand, um, there is Jamal Murray, who is legitimately a superstar, and we got to see a lot of him over the playoffs, and some of us saw a little more of him than we needed to, but uh, he was a superstar in the playoffs and the Nuggets, the only team in NBA history to come back down 3-1 multiple times in the same postseason, uh, say postseason, playoffs in basketball language. But um, Jamal Murray is a superstar. And what he helped uh, do during that series is expose the man that just got paid big time, Rudy Gobert. Um, Former defensive player of the year, got to respect what he can do at the rim. but he exposed um, the jazz and the pick and roll game. Um, that's basically how the offense ran. Give the ball to Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, work the pick and roll. Rudy Gobert exposed, got played off the court. Um, so I think that's, that's a very underrated storyline um, headed to this season. Um, if you're looking um, to play some bets on the jazz. I will say before I continue, underrated joke was that seeing a little too much of Jamal Murray, if you understood that. Anyway. Um, so speaking, I know Ahan just talked about the Heat and one team that genuinely gave the Lakers a little bit of trouble, you know, with all those injuries and they still took the Lakers. We're the only team to be able to take the Lakers to six plus games. Um, a team that was supposed to be able to do that to the Lakers was the LA Clippers, you know, coming into the season, they were hyped up to be the team that was the better LA team in many people's opinions, you know, with a lot of wings in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the, um, like, Jermichael Green um, and Patrick Beverly being able to defend the Lakers' stars. Um, And 
their playoffs last year was definitely, or this past bubble season was uh, definitely a disappointment. Um, obviously, credit to the Nuggets for coming back from down 3-1, um, not once, but twice against both the Jazz and the Clippers. But now the Clippers went into sort of a panic mode, firing Doc Rivers, and now Teron Liu is going to be their coach. They got rid of Harrell, who signed with his crosstown rival. They got Serge Ibaka, and so it'll be interesting to see how they can compete with the Lakers this year after that bubble disaster last year. Um, and then the final story I just wanted to mention was an underrated story that kind of went under the radar because they didn't end up making the playoffs, but the Phoenix Suns, they went 8-0 in the bubble, the only team not to lose a single game in the bubble, largely because they didn't end up making the playoffs, but um, still very impressive. They were led by Devin Booker, but also got good production, I think, from DeAndre Ayton, um, Kelly Oubre, and Dario Saric, and, you know, they added Chris Paul this offseason, and so I'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about big offseason acquisitions. Yeah, I'll definitely talk about the Suns. I'll, I'll make sure we get back to the Suns. And speaking of which, um, the Suns did a lot in the offseason, and a lot of teams did a lot, even though there was a short offseason. Um, if you support a team like the Celtics that um, – did sort of a lot in quantity, but the fan base is maybe not happy with what they did. Or if you're with, if you like a team that, you know, di didn't do that much at all, we'll cover the most important ones and the ones we think are most impactful. And again, I got to start uh, with the Lakers and we'll get back to the question in the chat in just a second. Um, get back to the Lakers. Uh, they lose Danny Green, they lose Dwight Howard, they lose Rondo, but all they do is they add Wes Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, um, I believe a finalist for six man of the year, the guy that actually won six man of the year, Montrez Harrell, and then Marcus O. Um, so I don't think it's just me that thinks the Lakers got even better um, by adding a scoring threat like Dennis Schroeder um, off the bench, by adding another shooter, somebody that's probably more reliable than Danny Green in a lot of cases, more reliable than Kyle Kuzma, um, Wes Matthews, um, and then the the move to get Montrez Harrell, I don't think Montrez Harrell is a superstar or anything, but um, I like the way he plays. I've been a fan of him for a while. Um, and just moving him from the Clippers, giving that like that mentality along with Patrick Beverly and sort of breaking up that duo in a sense and getting them to their side, um, super good move, like extremely high upside move, um, especially in a short season. They have the short rest. If they want to rest Anthony Davis a few games, they're – if they want to rest LeBron James, they're, they're not, they're never out of a game. They, they'll, they'll, they're never, unless they rest like pretty much everybody, they can still win those games with how much depth they have. Yeah. They have Taylor Horton Tucker still, so they can pretty much be in any game. Um, do you want to answer this before we, cause I guess we talked about the Clippers a little bit. Do you want to talk, yeah. answer this question that was yeah, so in the, the um, chat? Yes. So the question is, do you think Doc Rivers firing was justified and or necessary does this raise or lower the Clippers ceiling? I'll let you take that first, Robbie. Okay, um, so biases aside, big Celtics fan here. So um, have a little bit of doc bias from when he brought us a championship in 2008. But I think um, Doc Rivers has, I think, lost from 3-1 up in the playoffs now three times. And um, since his success with the Celtics in winning the finals and then taking them to the finals in 2010, his playoff resume has not been that great. Um, and so I think that while he was a victim of scapegoating um, because they need the quick fix to the problem of an utter collapse, the 
over this past bubble se- over the bubble playoffs. Um, I think that um, part of it was definitely justified. I don't think Teron Liu raises or lowers their ceiling anyway. I think a lot of the off-season acquisitions might do that, or off-season acquisitions and losses might do that. So um, I'll talk about the Clippers a little bit later when we talk about our seeds and, you know, betting highlights. But I think um, what does raise or lower their ceiling would be the loss of Harrell or the um, when they got Ibaka, how that can compare or how that how they can defend the Lakers or create offense against the Lakers differently this year compared to last year. I completely agree with that take. I think we haven't seen enough of Teron Lu head coaching in a scenario where LeBron James is not the actual coach. Um, we haven't seen enough to understand whether how, how much Teron Lu impacts the game as a head coach. Um, if he will suddenly fix, you know, the, the offense with, Paul George is not playing like he wants to be there during the playoffs. I don't think you'll just randomly get Paul George becoming a playoff superstar. So I don't know how much Teron Lue impacts the Clippers, but I do think that uh, getting rid of Doc Rivers changes a little bit of the uh, the dynamic. Um, we're trying to get Kawhi in the finals um, again. Um, going back to offseason acquisitions, and uh, I guess I'll get this out of the way. You mentioned the Lakers, got to mention the Celtics. Um, they – Lose Gordon Hayward uh, for what I, I thought they should have gotten more in return. They do get a TPE, but I think they should have taken Miles Turner in return, um, pulled the trigger on that. They lose Brad Wanamaker, but get Jeff Teague pretty much a wash, although Jeff Teague played uh, quite well in the preseason. Uh, they lose, lose Ennis Cantor. Um, they add Tristan Thompson. I think a good move to upgrade, so to upgrade in the paint, um, especially defensively. Uh, so that you can compete with uh, teams like the Philadelphia 76ers if you match up with them in the playoffs. Um, the 76ers won the season series in the regular season. Of course, got swept without Ben Simmons, but they won the season series against the Celtics in the regular season, um, which means um, little, uh, but it does mean something when you just watch the games and you see how dominated the Celtics got there. So I think that's a good move for Boston. Uh, I think the Celtics fans overreacting, thinking that they got a lot of, lot worse. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, if anything, they got um, slightly better. Uh, and I think they had a very good draft, which I'm not hearing a lot among Cel- um, in the Celtics community. But uh, signing Aaron Neesmith, a uh, shooter off the bench, much needed. Um, I don't know how much he will be played in the Brad Stevens system. Uh, but the best move I think they made was uh, Peyton Pritchard. Um, this is a guy who's been a winner for a long time in college. Um, and in the attempts at sounding somewhat racially motivated, he's, he's a TJ McConnell, but faster. And th- this, it's his play style, I promise. I'm, I'm not just looking at him and saying that. Um, he uh, works hard on perimeter defense um, and he pushes the ball on the fast break. He's confident, he'll shoot. Um, so he'll do all those things. I think he's a very good pickup, especially with Kemba Walker missing the start of the season um, due to injury. And that knee is going to be a problem for a long time. So I think Boston definitely got better. And with Kemba out, um, I'm just going to go out and say, it, get the bold prediction started. MVP race this year. My prediction is number one, Luka Doncic. Number two, Giannis. Number three, Jason Tatum. I'll just say that right now. Um, I think Tatum is going to make a serious MVP case for the first time in his career. Um, and uh, he's still only 19. So we'll see what Tatum <laughs> can do with the ball with the ball in his hands more. Yeah. I mean, I can also just talk about the Celtics a little bit. I largely agree with a lot of what Ahan said, thought the Celtics should have gotten more for Hayward. But um, 
you know, switching out Cantor for Tristan Thompson, um, I think was good. Um, loved the draft. I also agree that bench scoring is really important and Neesmith might see a little bit more minutes now, given that they're lacking a very competent score in Kemba Walker for at least the first month, month and a half of the season. Um, Peyton Pritchard also, he's a bulldog. He's a scrapper. He's played very well the preseason. Um, and he is going to contribute to winning and hopefully he'll also get to see the floor a decent amount. Um, one thing I'll mention is that while I think the Celtics got a little bit better inside, I think one problem with losing Hayward is um, their below average playmaking. Um, last year they were, you know, towards the bottom of the league in assists, largely because they ran a lot of pick and rolls for Tatum and Kemba, and a lot of those turned into um, off the pick threes or, you know, a charging the basket and getting the Daniel typical Daniel Tice seal for a layup. Um, and so their assists were down and their um, playmaking obviously was suffering a little bit. And, you know, having watched a couple of preseason games, I'm still a little bit worried about their ability to um, play make well because um, it looked like they were playing a lot of iso ball and um, the lack of Hayward definitely does not help for that. Um, so hopefully their inside presence in Tristan Thompson should contribute to their rebounding and Biggest problem from the year before and that sort of benefit to the team can outweigh their loss from playmaking by losing Hayward. And then, you know, it's going to be imperative that the three best players, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, really um, step into their own here um, for the first month while Kemba is gone. Yeah, and I'll use that as an opportunity to say um, I am working and I'm very close to finishing uh, NBA Power Rankings. I hope to have it up before tip-off tonight. Uh, if you follow me on social media, exclamation mark social in the chat, um, I will be tweeting um, out my NBA Power Rankings. Uh, I'll be posting it on Celtics Live tonight. And something I mentioned for the Celtics in those Power Rankings is that while I do see improvements, um, I agree that um, they did – they the style of play that they played against the heat is just not going to work. If you keep just ISOing every single time, um, because at the end of the day, unless you're LeBron James or Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are not going to dominate a game like that against a very well coached team. So it just is what it is. We'll see how they play without Kemba Walker. Um, I'll take the question in the chat as a, as an opportunity to move to, a team that probably everybody wants to talk about, which is the Brooklyn Nets. How do you guys think that Steve Nash will perform as he as a head coach? And I'll start addressing that by saying, um, it's a very interesting question. Why? Because we likely don't know. Um, Steve Nash, never a coach in the NBA. Um, he has mentored several stars in the league before, worked with them in the off season, has also worked with coaching staffs um, behind the scenes, never been a coach. Um, he's actually coached more soccer in his life than he's coached in the NBA. Um, so we don't know. Um, I will say that the move surprised me, but I like it. Um, I think it's a high upside move. I think a lot of people were speculating Teron Liu um, going to the Nets. And uh, I definitely, that was my prediction. Um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant know what they've gotten themselves into. I think people um, who are saying that the Nets are going to, you know, collapse because Kevin Durant and Kyrie can't play with each other or, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving will repeat what he did with the Celtics. I think that's bogus. Um, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant known each other for a long time. They're somewhat similar personalities. They know what they're getting themselves into. 
I know Kyrie Irving said, like, for the first time in my career, I can finally pass the ball to that guy, and he, he's going to make the shot. A little bit of a jab at LeBron, I don't know. But the truth is they both know what they're capable of, and I think playing together would not be much of an issue, even if there are conflicts on the court. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant got into those every single week. <laughs> and there was just too much talent on that team. So I don't think that'll be an issue. And the question would just be, to answer the question is, can Steve Nash sort of let any ego issues aside and coach the young guys off the bench? I think that'll be the most important. Is he going to give Karis, is he going to put Karis LeVert um, in good situations to succeed? Is he going to use Spencer Dinwiddie as he's meant to be used? Um, how is he going to use Jared Allen, uh, Jared Allen and uh, DeAndre Jordan? How is he going to mix those? I think matchup hunting will be very important to watch with the Nets, um, how they have depth, but not as much depth as, a couple other teams like the Lakers or even the Heat. I'd, I'd say the Heat depth is a little more impressive right now than the Nets. Um, I don't know, if Ravi, if you want to add anything to that. No, I think we'll we'll talk about the Nets later a little bit when we talk about our playoff predictions because I think both of us have the Nets factoring in at least somewhat into the playoffs. Um, but I think you just mentioned the Heat, and I think they made some moves this offseason that we might want to talk about. Yeah, so I'll just move right into the Heat. Um, Went to the finals, so we got to got to think about what what do they need to get back there. Um, so just a bird's eye view of what they did. They lost Jay Crowder. Um, I think they really want to re-sign Jay Crowder for a year or two. But Jay Crowder wanted the three years. Went to uh, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, completely fine with that. I think he was put in excellent situations with the Heat. He's not gonna you know become like Bubble Jordan like DJ Warren did with the Suns. Um, completely fine. They replace him with uh, sort of Mo Harkless uh, for defense. And then they also get a perimeter defender, very high upside move with Avery Bradley. Um, and lastly, they lost Derek Jones, but they drafted Precious Achua, which is a very interesting, uh, interesting profile. Um, let me ban this bot. Uh, they, they drafted Precious Achua, um, kind of similar in play style to Bam, which I found interesting, but definitely one of the guys I had on my radar. Um, he's an athletic defender that can guard on the perimeter and in the paint. He blocks shots. He gets steals. He does like all the things that a Heat player would want to do. Um, so I don't think they uh, lost enough on offense to, you know, say that they got any worse. Uh, if anything, they got slightly better. Um, there's speculation, we'll mention this probably later, about uh, a James Harden trade to either Miami, Toronto, or Philadelphia. Uh, one of those teams, um, I don't want to get into right now to uh, describe my takes on whether James Harden to go to the Heat. Uh, I, want the J I want James Harden to go to the Heat. But for now, with this team, I think this team has the upside to go back to the finals again. But it'll depend on how healthy they can be with the short offseason, um, whether Tyler Hero can take the next step forward. Um, he will probably be the starting point guard at some point this season, if not at the beginning. Um, so if anything, they got slightly better, but that doesn't mean they won't necessarily go back to the finals because they've got a lot of competition. Um, we can take this question in a second, but I just wanted to continue talking about some off-season acquisitions. But um, just a reminder, we'll get to the Bucks in a bit because can't talk about basketball without talking about a team that's putting up, you know, winning three quarters of their games every year so we'll definitely get to the Bucks in a second but um, speaking of Jay Crowder um, the team that he did go to the Phoenix Suns um, we we're going to mention that we we're going to talk about them earlier so talk about them now um, Jay Crowder went to the Suns they also got 
someone by the name of Chris Paul might have heard of him. They lost Kelly Oubre, um, and so I think that this puts them in a much more competitive position this year with these additions, and um, even by losing, even with losing Oubre, um, you know, one of their biggest problems last year was poor defense. You know, they got a lot of contributions, a lot of strong offense from Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, DeAndre Ayton, um, but um, defense was one of their main problems. Um, they were a bottom 10, bottom 11 team in terms of defensive rating. Um, but Crowder should help there a lot. We saw what we, he did to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Even if he's not as good of a player as they are, he is definitely able to shut them down or at least minimize what they did in the playoffs last year. So he should definitely help with defending a lot of the wing defenders. Um, and then obviously Chris Paul, he has a lot of intangibles and a good veteran presence for this team. Plus, um, you know, his playmaking skills should help Booker and Aiton continue to blossom. And these are both very young players. And so they still have a ton of upside there. Um, and then I think just the most important thing is like CP3's impact on winning. Um, you know, the, I think it's funny, the OKC won, I think, 44 games last year, and now they're over under for wins this year, even with a 72-game season is more than 20 less. Um, it's around like 22, 23. And so even though they lost Horford and Schroeder, or even though they lost Adams and Schroeder, they got Horford. Um, it shows how much um, CP3 comp- contributes to winning, and I think he's going to bring that right to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I completely agree on the Suns. You'll see later um, that I am very big on the Suns. Um, uh, I will give you a spoiler alert. I am slightly bigger on the Suns than the average human being right now. Um, if, even though I, I hope he's not listening to this, he's probably not, but uh, I hate DeAndre Hayden from the bottom of my heart, and I hated him more when he was trying to cheat in the 2K tournament. Um, but I, don't, I, I, I haven't been a big DeAndre Hayden fan, but I think that he fits very nicely with that uh, backcourt and Chris Paul and is definitely going to um, increase his value on the court, um, especially offensively. Um, I will mention Ubre and say that is um, the the shift from the Suns to the Warriors is what I think maybe the most underrated um, sort of change of team in the offseason right now. Uh, because I'll I'll finish off most of this discussion by mentioning the Warriors. Um, they obviously don't have Clay Thompson for what is possibly the entire season. What I'm guessing is the entire season. Uh, but uh, they added Kelly Oubre, um, no longer on the Suns. I was um, I was not surprised that the Suns had to give up Oubre to land Chris Paul, um, but I think it does make a huge difference. I think he'll fit in very well with Steve Kerr's system. Um, he, they right alongside Draymond Green. He's um, an explosive scorer. He can shoot a little bit. Um, just an excellent guy to have on offense. I think the Warriors are going to be near the top of the league in offense again, which is somewhat of a bold take, even without Clay Thompson. Um, so I think that's a big move for them. So I think the Warriors need to get their respect in the playoff picture, and you'll see where I put them later on. Um, but I think they do deserve a mention. Um, I think I'll just quickly um, talk about the Bucks before we finish off this segment. Uh, Love the take on the Nets. Does the addition of Drew Holiday make the Bucks a legitimate championship threat? So, big, big fan of Drew Holiday. Was hoping the Heat would trade for him, but if that was the price, I guess not. Um, what the Bucks lacked against the Heat, well, a lot of things. First of all, Giannis running at the rim and dunking, in James Harden's words, um, sort of eliminated that, you know, with Bam Adebayo meeting him at the rim, uh, Jay Crowder is somewhat switching on him and keeping him out the post. So 
what do you need production out of? You need production from your point guards. You need um, both defense and offense out of your point guard. I think they made a huge upgrade from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. And if you asked me a year earlier how big of an upgrade this would be, I would probably underestimate. This is a huge upgrade. Um, I think the, this gives them a much better chance um, at beating a team like the Celtics. So if, if they had if they had a decent chance of losing a series to the Celtics, for example, last year, I think this gives them a clear advantage against a team like that. Um, and I do think it helps their chance at beating the Heat, but I don't think that that is enough to beat the Heat, if that makes sense. Um, because at the end of the day, what Eric Spolstra does is he takes your MVP and he locks him down. Uh, is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton enough to overcome Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, et cetera? And in my opinion, the answer is no. So this is why I think the Bucks paid a lot for Drew Holiday, but I believe they're, again, a championship threat in the sense of if somebody else knocks out a team that matches up really well with them, they could be in the finals. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that take on the Bucks. I think we'll talk about um, our Eastern Conference predictions um, in a bit. Um, speaking of the Bucks, they were trying to get um, – Bogdan Bogdanovich this year. And so the last team I want to talk about is the team that actually landed him <clears throat> and didn't get a draft pick taken away because of tampering. But um, the Atlanta Hawks, they were very active this offseason. So um, they added their big ads were um, Rondo, Bogdanovich, and Gallinari. Um, and, you know, the Hawks are very much a team that are going to be hyped up this year. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about our seedings in a bit. Um, and they're definitely going to be a fun team to watch. Having said that, I don't know if, um, I don't know if they're going to play much better this year or be so much of a playoff threat this year because they're getting a lot of shooting threats from these um, off-season acquisitions. But last year, they still had a huge defensive problem. They were allowing the second most points at around 120 points per game last year. Um, and none of these um, additions are particularly strong defensively. All of these people were had negative um, defensive ratings last year. Um, these are just based off the Raptor ratings on 538. But um, none of these players are very strong defensively. Um, so I think that the Hawks will be fun to watch and will be in a lot of shootouts. The over um, will hit on a lot of their games, but um, actually – that'll be priced into the Hawks, but you know, they will be in a lot of shootouts and the over under lines will be quite high in these games, but um, I don't think they've done enough to make them a serious contender. Yeah. And uh, we're going to use the, the, the phrase serious contender to describe what we uh, think is a serious contender. And uh, what we're going to do is um, a, a, uh, a challenge that I think is in a sense, maybe harder than predicting at least for the most part, um, playoff rounds. So at the beginning of the playoffs, many of the series, they're like not that hard to predict. And when we do our like little playoff brackets, um, it's when, when there's, when an upset happens like Heat versus Bucks, you should probably go with your heart and um, pick the correct team instead of chickening out like me. But we're going to do something that I think is a little harder and is try to get um, the playoff seedings for each conference exactly right um, from one through eight. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen. My first seed, to not much of a surprise, the LA Lakers. They were the one seed last year. Um, did a lot this offseason. Um, even if LeBron and AD are going to be taking a couple of games off, I think that's where a lot of their acquisitions come in. Adding Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, who were top candidates for uh, sixth, 
sixth man of the year last year, um, does a lot. Um, as I mentioned, um, not only did they get better, but they also took players from their competitors, whether that's the, um, whether that was the Clippers or, you know, other teams in the West um, or the Bucks by taking West Matthews, um, you know, they definitely got a lot better. Um, and so it's hard to see them not as the one seed. Um, my two seed is the Denver Nuggets. Um, they had, they didn't lose a ton between last year and this year. They lost, um, they lost Jeremy Grant. They lost Tory and Tory Craig, but um, those were never two of their. Those were never the, what they were structuring their team around. Um, they're definitely a team that plays strong in the regular season. They've finished as a top, as a you know, in the top half of the bracket um, for the last couple of years. Um, and so I think that even if they're not better than the Clippers, I think the Clippers will be load managing a lot. Um, and so the Kawhi and Paul George won't be playing a lot of games. So that's why I have the Clippers at three. I think these three teams are going to be the best three teams in the West in the regular season. Um, and they're sort of a tier above everybody else in terms of the regular season. I'm a little short on the Nuggets in the playoffs, but we can talk about that in a bit. Um, my fourth seed is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think that Luka is going to be competing for the MVP this year. They're going to definitely be winning a lot of games. Um, they won a lot of games last year, and they're really just going to go up from there. They did lose Seth Curry, but got Josh Richardson. So that's um, kind of a trade-off, but um, I guess they go down a little bit, and Porzingis will be out for a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how Luka can take this team on his back. Um, my fifth seed is the Golden State Warriors. Um, they have Steph Curry and Kelly Oubre, who's going to fill in for Clay Thompson um, quite well. Obviously can't replicate everything that Clay can do. Um, and then with Draymond and Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins, they're definitely going to be a strong competitor in the um, Western Conference. Um, my sixth seed is the Phoenix Suns. Um, talked about them a lot before. They could definitely, they're definitely going to make a little bit more noise in the playoffs than just a six seed would suggest. Um, currently have them facing against the Clippers in the first round. So that'll be a really fun series if somehow these seeds are right. Um, but yeah, definitely will be factoring into the playoff picture. Um, my seven seed is the Houston Rockets. They've, you know, been a strong regular season team a lot. Um, the James Harden drama is, might hurt them, but I don't, think that he's leaving this season. I think he will be, I don't think there's much of an incentive for them to trade him. So I have them at the seventh seed. Um, the eighth seed, I have the Utah Jazz. Again, another team that's a lot in the playoffs a lot. I just don't think they did enough this off season um, to um, be able to compete and be as high of a seed as they were last year. They were, I think the sixth seed last year. And I just think there are many teams in the West that got better. And I don't think the Jazz necessarily got better. So for that reason, I have them as the eighth seed and just sneaking into the playoffs. But the West is going to be really competitive. You'll notice that I didn't have teams like the Pelicans. I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have the um, Spurs. I didn't have the um, Trailblazers. Trailblazers, exactly. And so the West is going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, we got we got Laddie with the Spurs fan. I start crying. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry. I also don't have the Spurs making the playoffs. Um, now, I think these predictions are super reasonable. I think there's a super high chance you somehow get all of them right. But uh, 
you know me, I like to make hot takes. Uh, I would rather have a flame take that's somewhat correct than a boring take that's fully correct. So this is where I come in. Uh, all right, so um, there, there will be some hot takes here, um, but I'm not starting with the one seed. It will be the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think, um, I think everybody at the top is gonna load manage somewhat. I don't think that's gonna affect anything. There's nothing more to be said there. The best team in the NBA. At the two seed, I had the Clippers. Um, so I got um, the Nuggets regressing a little bit in the regular season. Um, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. I think that's going to become a factor. Um, I, I know he's not part of their quote-unquote core, um, but I do think um, they helped their cause. Nuggets were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA um, in the regular season and the playoffs, um, rating-wise, points-wise. Um, and I think Jeremy Grant helped a lot with that. Also, Paul Millsap is a little bit older now, and uh, he's just not he's just not the player he was in his prime, although he did play pretty well um, last year. They need a lot from Michael Porter Jr., and I just don't know if I can trust him to take that big step next year. But if he does, they could be back with a two seed. Um, with I'm going to go down to number eight because um, I'm slowly starting to warm, warm up. Um, now, the eight, the, the six onwards, it's basically, you know, a marathon. Anybody could get um let me just ban all these bots uh from my chat all right um <laughs> i think these uh six six onwards it becomes super tricky um there are some teams that i really want to see in the playoffs that i am not including um and with the eight seed i'm putting the rockets i think they make it i agree that james harden is not leaving the season because they're asking a lot as they reportedly asked the heat uh for three draft picks and four NBA players, which is just absolutely ridiculous. That is never happening. So that gives you a sense uh, that the Rockets aren't necessarily desperate to trade James Harden. I think they make the playoffs. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins played pretty nicely in the preseason. Uh, good to see them back on the floor. Um, I think they sneak in. The seventh seed, I have the Utah Jazz. Um, again, I'm not a fan of this team. Um, I'm not a fan of paying Rudy Gobert that much, but I think Donovan Mitchell has the ability as a top, whatever number you want to put score um, in the league uh, to get them there. They still have Joe Ingles, guys like that. Um, Mike Connolly played really well second half of the season. Um, if he produces that sort of a performance again, they could be even higher than seven. Uh, and this is where we get into tricky territory, going back up to three. And I have my first flame take of, um, of the stream. Uh, I'm high on the Phoenix Suns. Now I will, Make confession. I initially, when I wrote one through eight, I had the Suns at four, but they, I made them face so tough of a matchup. I want to see them win a playoff series. So I moved them to three just so I could have them win a playoff series. And I think they do have the ceiling to be the three seed. Uh, like I said, if Chris Paul can take that um, very fun young uh, core in OKC to the playoffs and to a seven game series, I think he can definitely take the Suns to a playoff series win. So I'm putting them really high. Um, I think that Devin Booker playing alongside Chris Paul is not going to be an issue at all. Chris Paul has played with many scorers in his life, and he's never really, aside from James Harden, we can have that conversation later, he's never really had like a clash or anything with anybody else on his team. Um, so, uh, yeah, Suns at the three seed. It's my first flame take. Major League Mike, good to see you in the chat. Um, with the sixth seed, you see an instance of Ravi and I disagreeing on whether a team will make the playoffs, or besides the Warriors, um, I have the Trailblazers. Now, the Blazers, one of the best offenses in the league uh, last year for good reason. They got maybe the best backcourt in the NBA in Damon Lillard, CJ McCollum. Uh, Carmelo, um, definitely helping them um, 
with with uh, with scoring. Um, they get Yusuf Nurkic back. They get Hassan Whiteside. Um, they they lose Hassan Whiteside, but I think that sort of helps them with the offensive cause here. Um, the Blazers have the upside to maybe even get the four or five seed with the offense that they have. But again, I think they did not address enough on defense to make a serious playoff push, but I do have them making uh, the playoffs. And this is the four or five matchup that I took the Suns out of um, because I had the Nuggets way down at four um, and the Mavericks at five. And this is simply because I want to see the Suns win a playoff series and I'm super high on them. So I switched out the Nuggets and the Suns just so I could, you know, get the Suns a little bit of an easier matchup. Um, I think I agree with your takes on the Nuggets and Mavericks. I just don't see the Nuggets taking another step forward um, after losing Jeremy Grant. Okay, so should we go to the East now? East, yes, sir. All right. Um, so admittedly, Han does have a lot more hot takes than me, but I think my East has a couple spiced in there. Um, unfortunately, it will not start with a hot take. The Bucks will be the number one seed. Um, they've been the one seed the past two years, and they got better this offseason. Um, I don't think they'll continue. They'll win at a rate that they did last year. I think a lot of they'll do a lot more resting, and you know, with the studies about load management, how it helps for the playoffs. I think they'll start focusing on that a little bit more. Um, but um, with all the depth that they have, with you know, Chris Middleton adding Drew Holiday and some of the moves that they made this offseason, they'll still be the one seed. The two seed, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I do not think that Kyrie and KD will have much of a problem getting to work quickly together. If you watch their two preseason games, they um, played really well against the Wizards, and then they beat the breaks off the Cel off a good Celtics team. Um, and um, if that's how they're going to be playing this year, they're going to definitely be very dangerous. Um, and I think Steve Nash will be able to control the, sort of their, both of their um, desires to have the ball in their hands at both times and really make the most out of his stars. And even if they're going to be resting a lot of games, they have a really good team in Spencer with Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, um, Kara Silver that got to the playoffs without Kyrie last year. Um, and so I have the Brooklyn Nets at two. At three, um, I have the Boston Celtics. Um, I was thinking about this one a little bit. I actually um, was thinking about putting Philly here. So I'll put, I'll uncover my Philly pick because Philly was who I have at four. Um, I think Philly did a lot this offseason to get better. Um, and they could easily, I could easily see them being the three seed, even a two seed um, moving up from, I think they were the six seed last year, maybe. Yeah, the six seed last year. Um, they adding Seth Curry and Danny Green definitely put shooters around um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and makes them a lot better. I see a Tobias Harris comeback year, or at least a comeback playoffs um, after he didn't perform very well in the playoffs. Um, and so the 76ers definitely will factor in well. Um, the Celtics are also going to just win a lot of games this year. Um, like they did last year, they finished in the top half of the East for the past couple of years. So I don't see that changing. Um, then I guess my first hot take is that the Miami Heat, the champions of the Eastern Conference, um, are not going to be, are not going to have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So they're going to fall all the way to five. I still think that they can beat the 76ers or whoever they face in the first round of the playoffs. But I think that the Heat are a team that um, will is are much more geared towards the playoffs than um, winning a lot of games in the regular season. But um, obviously we'll see how that works out. Um, then the sixth seed Toronto Raptors, you know, 
the Bucks, Nets, Celtics, 76ers, and Heat are like clearly a tier above the Raptors and the teams below them. And maybe there's another like individual tiering of those five teams. Um, but the Raptors always do win a lot of games. They do make a lot out of what they have. They didn't really lose a ton of pieces last year besides Gasol and Ibaka, but, you know, that was what was hurting them last year. They're big men um, in the playoffs against the Celtics. Um, they de- they still have, you know, Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, and um, Ananobi. So they definitely have a strong core, and they will factor in the playoffs going forward. Hmm. My seventh seed is the Pacers. Again, didn't really lose much. Um, won't be a playoff threat, but, you know, um, the wise man on this current Zoom call with me says that the East is a cliff, and I could not agree more. Um, you know, there's a huge drop-off after some of these teams, and I just don't see other teams really contending with them. Um, and then I guess my eighth seed is the Orlando Magic. So all the same teams that made the playoffs last year, just a little bit different seeding. Um, uh, yeah, the Magic, I think, are still better than the Hawks or any potential challenger in the East. So I think they'll round out the top the top eight. I do have the Wizards missing the playoffs again. I'm not sure how Beal and Westbrook will work out. Um, you know, they will definitely be around the nine to the 11 seed and could possibly sneak into the playoffs. I just think that the Magic are a better team um, and just have a little bit more depth than the Wizards team, which is pretty shallow after Westbrook and Beal. Yeah, again, I think super reasonable. I think you mentioned the Heat at five being somewhat of a hot take. I disagree. I think that's a perfectly reasonable take. Another five seed last uh, last season, uh, I mean, basically four seed, they just intentionally tanked that last game because they, there's no home court advantage. Um, but yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And like you said, I call the East a little bit of a cliff because we have, you know, these tiers of the the Bucks. Uh, I would say sort of one through five is like a tier of their own. I'm mixing in the Bucks with that tier because, you know, they need to prove stuff in the playoffs to, you know, be on another tier. Um, one through uh, six, I'd say, is sort of a tier of their own. I disagree that the Raptors are a clear tier below because, again, they're a regular season team without Kawhi Leonard, right? And, but they were the two seed without Kawhi Leonard, and, you know, they found ways to do it. They somewhat load managed a bit every time there was like a minor injury. They would rest them because they had the depth. Uh, they lose Marc Gasol. I don't think that's too big of a deal. I think losing Ibaka is the main thing that they should be concerned about. They're replacing with Aaron Baines. Everybody loves Aaron Baines, but at the end of the day, he's not um, Ibaka defensively. So I think that's why I'm going to have the Raptors where I have them. But I think you can basically group two through six in any way you want. And any, you know, uh, what is it, 120 of those com- combinations are, are acceptable. And I would, I would, I would not disagree. I'm not starting off with the hot take. I'm going to keep the bucks at one. I think this is pretty self-explanatory as long as Giannis doesn't get hurt. Um, they're the best regular season team. Um, I think in the East um, coming in at the eighth seed, um, I'm putting the Pacers back in the playoffs. They get DeMontis Sabonis who they didn't have in the playoffs. They get him back. Uh, I think Victor Oladipo is uh, reportedly feeling a lot better than he has over the last couple of years, and he should play a uh, a big role in getting the Pacers uh, back to the playoffs. And uh, at the seven seed, I thought about putting the Wizards, but I'm putting the Hawks in the playoffs. I think that there's just so much offense on the team that not having defense just won't matter when it comes to just squeaking into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a playoff series, and they might even get swept. Uh, they just don't have any defense on that team. But at the end of the day, 
Uh, Trey Young has, uh, you know, John Collins around him. He didn't have him at the beginning of the season. Still played pretty well. But now they have, like, a solid group there. Uh, Capella just didn't work out in Houston, but he has a lot to prove as well. And, of course, they do get uh, guys like Danilo Gallinari and uh, Bogdanovich. Um, so I think they have the upside to be, like, dare I say, maybe even a top five just scoring-wise um, in the NBA. Uh, so that's why I have them squeaking into the playoffs. And here we go with the two through six. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Um, like I said, it's a cliff, a team that has, I think, the upside of being as high as the two seed. Again, I'm still putting them at six just because I think that's their floor. I'm putting them there just so, you know, I can give pay, you know, the proper respect to two through five. Um, I think Raptors at six, we both have them at six. It's not a hot take, but I wouldn't see them as high as two. To th- I wouldn't be surprised to see them as high as two to three again, just because, you know, they're a well-coached offensive team. It just is what it is in the regular season. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a serious threat to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, it, but, you know, it's a regular season. Um, coming in at the two seed, and I think uh, I've seen this a little bit on Twitter. Uh, I have the Philadelphia 76ers at the two seed. Now, Here's the thing with Philly. Every year they think, oh, wow, they, they finally got the pieces they need around Ben Simmons uh, and Joel Embiid. And last year I thought people who had them as a serious finals contender were just outright stupid. No, they didn't. It's a slow, it was a slow team. Uh, Brett Brown was awful. Like I've been saying this for a long time. They weren't serious contenders. Even if they had Ben Simmons against the Celtics, the Celtics would have beaten them in, the, in a seven-game series. Um, but – Assuming everybody's healthy, I think the additions they made are indeed valuable for a regular season. And I think I mentioned this in my power rankings is the the regular season seed is very different than how well they can perform in the playoffs. Um, I think the Nets, you know, I think their floor is second best team or third best team in the East. And their, their ceiling is the best team in the East and maybe second best team in the NBA. But I don't have them in the top two. It's because, you know, the regular season, sometimes it takes time for new teams to figure it out. But when it comes to playoff time, I think the Nets are just superior to um, pretty much most teams in the East. Uh, but I have the 76ers out there. I think Doc Rivers is a good, is a definitely, definitely a huge upgrade from Brett Brown. Um, so I have the 76ers, you know, somewhat working things out for the time being. With the five seed, I, way down at five, I have the Celtics. And I think, again, like with most of these teams, I think the Celtics have the upside of a two seed. Um, if Jason Tatum get, just gets the ball more and, you know, just makes us feel like, oh, it's fine. We, we don't have Kemba. It's like completely fine. So be it. But I think their floor is, uh, you know, five seed or their floor is maybe even six seed just because they made improvements. But at the end of the day, if somebody gets hurt, the Celtics team is just not deep enough that they could just like, you know, spew out 10 wins in a row, even if they have a major injury. Um, so for that reason, I have them down at five. Um, and rounding out Heat Nets, uh, I'm going to give the Heat the three seed. Um, I think Tyler Hero takes that extra step forward as the starting point guard. Um, like I said, the development from when the season got suspended um, to the bubble, if you see the development of their young players then, you should be convinced that they are able to make that development again um, into this season. Again, I agree with Bravi that they're not a, you know, they're not super focused on uh, regular season um, wins. They're more focused on the playoffs, but I think, uh, you know, they take that extra step forward in the regular season and that leaves the nets way down at the four seed. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you'll see in my predictions, how highly I think of the nets playoff chances, but, uh, I think four seed is reasonable for them just because they could just load manage 
Kevin Durant and load manage Kyrie Irving. Um, and, you know, when, when Kyrie played with the Celtics, I know it was a completely different situation. They're not a great situation, uh, but he didn't finish with a high seat. It just is what it is. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, both not necessarily also focused on regular season seats. I have the Nets at four. Um, hello, Ian. Welcome to the chat. Um, those are our uh, seeding predictions. Again, I got some hot takes in there. I also had, you know, a, a few teams that I left off, like the Pelicans you mentioned. I really wanted the Pelicans in the playoffs. I want to see, you know, I like that team with uh, all those Duke players there and Lonzo there. I want to see them make the playoffs, and maybe they do. I hope they do instead of the Jazz. But, um, yeah, the, the East is a cliff, and the West is just super competitive. Who really likes the Jazz these days outside of Utah? I feel like uh, I have a friend who is maybe going to listen to this afterwards who is a Jazz fan. So, <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to get to yeah. finals or playoff predictions? Yeah. Um, we're, we're just going to make our finals predictions. I'm going to leave the screen share on because we're going to screen share when we talk about betting just in a minute. Um, we're just going to, we're, we're not going to, you know, assume that all our seeds are correct and fell out a full bracket. Nobody has time for that. We're just going to make our finals predictions. Ravi, give me your Eastern Conference champion, Western Conference champion finals results. Yeah. So, um, Eastern Conference champions, I have the Nets meeting the Bucks, and I think that Kevin Durant um, in the playoffs is, I still prefer him to Giannis in the playoffs, and I think that Kyrie Irving is a good number two option, um, and I think the Nets are just way too, are more deep than the Bucks. So I have the Nets beating the Bucks, and then the Lakers finally getting their matchup with the Clippers and beating them in the Western Conference Finals, and then in the finals, I have the Lakers beating the Nets. Fair enough. Um... I guess I'll repeat a couple of the things I mentioned earlier in passing. Um, I want I want the people listening to get it get the record straight about how I feel about the Nets. Okay, I think the ceiling of this team is very very high for very obvious reasons. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. You know who he is. Um, I mean, it's Kyrie Irving. Like him or hate him, he's one of the most clutch players of our generation. In fact, uh, I believe by efficiency. He was the second most clutch player in his one year with the Celtics, even though Celtics fans will tell you he was the worst thing to happen to the franchise. But uh, he was one of the most clutch players in the uh, NBA and in the playoffs, he has been one of the most efficient scorers when he's been there. Um, so I do think the ceiling for the Nets is very high. But at the same time, I want people to realize that this is a new team after all. It's a new head coach. There's always room for something to not work out. So while I think that things will work out, if it makes sense, keep in mind that there is a pretty good chance that it doesn't. Um, and in a playoff setting, like I said, I think the Heat have more depth than the Nets. Do the Heat have as much star power in the starting lineup? No. I mean, Jimmy Butler is great, but he's not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combined. Um, he's not even Kevin Durant alone. But I, I do think the floor is low and people are somewhat ignoring that. I think some people are saying, well, the Nets will clearly not work out because KD and Kyrie can't play together. I think that's bogus. Or that the Nets are, you know, the obvious East champion. I think that's also bogus. So I think people need to realize there's a range there. That being said, uh, I have the Nets meeting the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals based on these matchups. Um, and uh, in the event of a tie, let's just go with superstition. I'm picking the Nets um, to make the uh, finals. I think they have that kind of ceiling. And dare I say, they could make the finals against the Lakers, who I have as the Western Conference champions again, dare I say they could make um, the matchup very tough for the Lakers in the finals just based on, you know, it's Kevin Durant. You know who he is. Um, I'm going to finish this off with my uh, hot take. Ben Verlander, welcome to the chat. We're just talking about the heat. Go heat. Um, we're just finishing out our predictions. 
We both have Lakers over Nets in the finals. I know, boring. Um, so to spice things up, you know who I have the Lakers beating in the Western Conference Finals? It's not the Nuggets. That's boring. Nobody wants a repeat of last season. It's not the Clippers because I don't think they've addressed everything they need to. In fact, they may have gotten a little worse. I'm not saying that for sure, but they might have. I'm so high on the Suns that I'm giving them a Western Conference Finals appearance, and the Lakers will beat the Suns. Um, and I don't think that series will be very competitive, but the Suns will get there. Um, and if they get that three seed like I have them, and I switched it up, um, Ben, you missed this. But I, I have the Suns at four, and I, and I switched it up just to give them a little bit, um, you know, some easier matchups because I think the Suns have that kind of upside. Give me Devin Booker in the playoffs. He's already proven he's a stud, um, you know, when the season is on the line, how he went 8-0 in the bubble without Chris Paul. Give me the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. That's less boring um, than – Lakers, Clippers, or Lakers, Lakers Nuggets. Yep, hot take indeed. All right, last section of the podcast. Um, our man Ravi here loves throwing around a little money here and there. So if it is legal for you to bet on sports, we're going to encourage you to look into uh, some of the futures bets. Um, so we're taking these odds from Bovada, but whatever source you use, uh, you know, it could vary a little bit. But we're just going to use this for now. Um, and uh, Ravi, where are the value bets? Um, okay, so I'll start with you're on the futures page right now. Um, so yes. I'll start with Clippers plus 375 to win the West. So here, scroll down to West. Yeah. Oh, oh, now it's plus 400. Look at that. Even better. Okay, plus Clippers plus 400 to win the West. Um, so they added so they added Ibaka, which will help you know guard the stretch five and Anthony Davis. And I think a lot of this line is people who are being prisoner of the moment from PG and Kawhi choking in the playoffs and looking at all the Lakers did this um, off season. But I think there's about an 80 to 90% chance that the Clippers get out of the first round and should probably be favored in a second round series, unless it's against the Lakers, but I don't see that happening. Um, and, you know, the Clippers were two and two against the Lakers last year. So even though my prediction is that the Lakers will probably beat them, um, this line has too much value not to bet on. And you can, you know, hedge it out with, betting on the Lakers later on as the season, as the, you know, playoff picture condenses a little bit as the playoffs are happening. And you also um, have and then, uh, something on players. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's the players. You want to just command F um, most valuable player. There we go. Oh, 2021 there NBA MVP. Okay, so MVP. So I think the first one is a little boring. Giannis plus 550, though he's not the favorite this year. Luca's the favorite this year. Um, Giannis was plus 300 last year. Um, so clearly, you know, they're saying he's like, you know, half as likely to win it this year as he was last year. Um, but the Bucks could be as strong this regular season as they were last season. Um, and you know, the MVP is a regular season award. So if you're finishing first in your conference, you're definitely in that conversation. Um, and so Middleton and Holiday will definitely help. The Bucks have as strong of a record this regular season. Um, and, you know, Giannis had the number one usage rate in the NBA last year, and it's still going to be high this year, even if it regresses a bit. So um, I think Giannis plus 550 for MVP is good. Um, and then my other MVP pick, this one is a little bit more of a shot in the dark. Um, that's probably not going to happen, but based on the line, there's too much value not to put on it. Jokic plus 2,500. Um, you know, um, based on our, my predictions, I have the Nuggets finishing as the two seed in the West. So 
um, if he's the best player on one of the top finishing teams in the West. Um, and, you know, he was averaging about 20, 10, and 7, which are MVP numbers for a big, um, he'll definitely be in that conversation. And plus 2,500 really means like they're pricing in less than a 4% chance that he'll get it. So I think he's definitely got more than a 4% chance of winning the MVP. So there's definitely some value there. Yeah, gotta love Bovada sneaking in Pascal Siakam, thinking we wouldn't notice. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I'll mention a couple as well, and you know I'm not orthodox. You know, screw MVP, that's boring. Let's talk about Rookie of the Year. Um, the betting favorite it also happens to be the uh, you know I'm not gonna go too unconventional. Uh, I'm ha- I have Lamelo Ball winning Rookie of the Year just because you know volume, uh, star factor, uh, situation he's being put in. Uh, he's played well in the preseason there's no reason to think that he has he doesn't have a good chance at winning rookie of the year that is my pick but this is a value uh, bet we're making here and it's going to be uh patrick williams now patrick williams the the bulls shocked the world when they took patrick williams williams number four overall he's sort of uh, a versatile front court player that can score a little bit but that's really not his focus he like runs a fast break um he blocks shots and gets steals on defense and you know he can shoot a little bit 33 percent shooter in college uh so why is patrick williams a uh, value bet uh, it's simple he's got good players around him and zach levine i expect to bounce back f- from laurie markinen i think the bulls have the upside of sneaking into the playoffs um and the way they can do that is if Patrick Williams plays like a number four overall pick. Um, I definitely think 4% is, uh, it is 4%, right? One out of 25? Yeah, 4%. Yeah, one out of 26. So one out of 26. Uh, slightly less than 4%. I think he definitely has a uh, higher than 4% chance. Um, and in fact, I would take him, you know, just straight up over somebody like Danny Avigia or Killian Hayes who have better odds. Um, just because, you know, if the Bulls want to prove to their fans that he was the right pick, they got to use him first year. And he's completely healthy and played very well in the preseason. Uh, so value pick there. And for the other one, I'm going coach of the year, a guy that I said will not win coach of the year um, probably in his tenure with this current team. I'm changing my mind because this situation is spicy. It's going to be Brad Stevens. Um, if Kemba Walker, in, in fact, misses such a big portion of the season and the Celtics meet you know Ruby's take of the three seed or even somehow maybe sneak into the two seed because you know maybe other teams are load managing brad stevens is automatically a favorite for coach of the year i mean look at what happened to nick nurse he lost Kawhi leonard and you know was the two seed anyway got coach of the year even though he got spanked in the playoffs brad stevens is a great coach i think people know that but they've got to see you know to get these votes they've got to see the team perform beyond expectation and given all the uh you know, hype around the other teams. If the Celtics come out and have an outstanding regular season, that's a value bet you can make. One out of 19 is pretty good odds for Brad Stevens. Um, And I believe that's going to be it for our betting takes. Uh, I'm going to stop share now. Um, Ravi, appreciate you for joining. Uh, We're going to, we're going to watch the NBA tonight. Um, Or if you, if you're listening to the afterwards, it's already happened. Warriors nets, uh, Give me your give me your prediction for the oh for the Warriors and Lakers Clippers. So yeah. um, I think where is Warriors Nets? It's in it's in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Not that it'll matter too much, um, but based on what I've seen from the preseason, I'm gonna take the Nets in kind of an ugly game though. I think the over underline for this game is two thirty five right now. I actually put some a little bit of money on the under before this game started um i think that it will be it's the first game new season um you know 
Kari, Durant, and Kyrie coming all the three best players on the floor all coming back from injuries. Um, and so it'll be a lot. Um, I think it'll be a little bit messier than what the line is pricing in right now. So I think the Nets win in a more low scoring game than what Vegas is currently predicting. How about you? Uh, I have the Nets winning by four points. Kevin Durant hits the game. What will be the game winner in, uh, in overtime? Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I come here with the heat. The only reason I talk about, you know, specific games is so that I can give out the heat. And if I'm right, I'm going to act like I knew okay. all along. So, okay. Well know. then, uh, I mean, then we got the Clippers also playing the Lakers tonight as well. Yes, sir. Um, okay. I need Luke Kennard for my fantasy team to drop eight threes. <laughs> I have Paul George. So why not say that Paul George is going to go off for 30 points and the Clippers are going to beat the Lakers today. All right. And- all right, I'm excited for tip-off. I know y'all are as well. We're going to end the podcast right here. Again, if you haven't seen my power rankings, well, if you're on Twitch with me, you haven't seen my power rankings because they're not published. But by the time this podcast is going up, my power rankings are published. That link will also be in the dis- in the description. Um, 30 to 1, I rank them all based on regular season and chances at the playoffs. But for now, we're going to end this podcast right here.